This is the 222nd episode of 200 on uh, private equity. And here we're going to pick up where we left off uh, with uh, Regulation S. And more specifically, we'll talk about uh, Rule 44, right? Uh, so if a proposed Rule 44 resale by an affiliate involves more than uh, 5,000 shares uh, or... Uh, I'm sorry, shares of securities, or has an aggregate sale price of more than uh, 50000 in any three-month period, uh, the seller uh, must file a Form 144 providing uh, uh, notice to the SEC uh, via the agency's Edgar website or on paper uh, via Courier Service or uh, USPS uh, and the Securities Exchange uh, where the securities are listed, right, uh, for. Uh, uh, if a uh, paper Form 144 is submitted, uh, the seller must file three copies with the SEC and an additional copy with the relevant exchange. If the form is filed on Edgar, the securities exchanges generally will coordinate with the SEC and treat the filing as if it were addressed to them as well. Uh, form 144 must be filed at the same time the affiliate uh, places uh, the uh, broker or market uh, uh, maker order to sell the securities and the broker must have a bona fide attention to sell the securities within a reasonable time after filing the 144 notice and signing it. Uh, form 144 requires the provider to disclose basic uh, issuer identification such as uh, the issuer's uh, name and address of uh, the securities or each market maker acquiring the securities uh, information that all securities uh, uh, of the issuer that the seller sold. Uh, during the three months of war, the Rule 144 sale must be disclosed as well, as well as uh, the aggregate market value, the amount of the securities that will be sold, and uh, the amount of outstanding securities in the issuer's most recent uh, public statement, among other things. Uh, and uh, uh, the uh, form must disclose uh, on when, how, and from whom the seller obtained the securities that will be sold, right? So, so let's continue here with our discussion of Rule 144. Uh, and I'll uh, move now to sales to qualified institutional buyers, right? So Rule 144A D1 requires that the covered securities um, are sold to a qualified institutional buyer or a purchaser uh, that the seller reasonably believes is a qualified institutional buyer by any means. Uh, generally, qualified institutional buyers are institutions, not individuals that own or invest at least $100 million of securities on a discretionary basis. To establish that a prospective buyer meets the $100 million uh, requirement, a seller can rely on any of the following publicly available documents, uh, the firm's financial statements, uh, its SEC filings, or information appearing in, an, in a recognized securities manual that was released within 16 months of the Rule 144A sale to a uh, U.S. buyer or within 18 months of a covered sale to a non-U.S. buyer. Uh, sellers can also rely on a third-party prepared list of qualified institutional buyers as long as the information that resulted in the preparation of the list was provided within 16 or 18 months of the Rule 144A uh, sale as applicable or the seller uh, had no reason to question the validity of the qualified institutional uh, buyer certification, right? And where do I get this? Uh, well, take a look at uh, SEC No Action Letter, uh, Westlaw Citation 1999-46707, issued on February 3rd, 1999. And also take a look at um, SEC Release Number 336862. Uh, this was released on April 23rd, 1990, right? So let me talk about um, the interaction between Rule 144 now and shell companies, right? So shell companies uh, issuing restricted securities may not claim Rule 144, 144 is protection. 
Uh, in the event, though, that a firm that used to be a shell company attempts to issue restricted securities, it will be able to claim coverage so long as it is subject to the Exchange Act's reporting requirements, has filed all reports required for disclosure under the Exchange Act for the past 12 months, and has filed the required information set out in SEC Form 10 or 20F to register the securities uh, class under the Exchange Act. Uh, this last requirement can be satisfied by filing a Form 8K with the information required by Form 10 or 10F, right? Uh, so what of um, additional information requirements, right? So uh, every holder of the Rule 144A securities, as well as prospective buyers, have the right to obtain a select set of reasonably current information about the issuer. Unless the issuer is a reporting company required to file periodic reports under Sections 13 or 15D of the 1934 Exchange Act, um, a foreign issuer releasing disclosure documents on its website in compliance with Rule 12G32B, exemption for registration or reporting under the Exchange Act, or a non-U.S. government issuer eligible to register securities under Schedule B of the 1933 Securities Act. Uh, this information typically includes the most recent balance sheet, income statement, and a statement of retained earnings, uh, similarly audited financial statements for the previous two years, and a brief description of the issuer's business, products, and services. The aforementioned information is assumed to be reasonably current if the balance sheet reflects the positions of the firm 16 or less months before the sale, or the income statement and statement of retained earnings are for the 12 months before the date of the disclosed balance sheet, and the issuer uh, business description was produced 12 months before the sale, respectively. Uh, if the balance sheet reflects the position of the firm six months or more before the sale, interim income statements and retained earnings statements from the date of the balance sheet to a date within six months of the sale will need to be provided. And that concludes uh, this 222nd episode of 200 on private equity. Now, of course, we're going to get the possibility of yet more bonus sessions.